you are a highly respected scientist at DARPA. Again, stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, right? Now, you understand, because you've been a scientist for so very long within the respective confines of DARPA and the compartmentalization apparatuses in, uh, in correspondence with certain, again, uh, I guess you could say private corporations or military-industrial complex industries and things like this, you understand that there are a lot of secrets that are kept from you, and you don't ask any questions because, listen, you're getting paid very well, you're not asking to do anything immoral, you have a very strong feeling within your gut that the things that you work on relative to what they tell you they're not working on is technically you know weapons based but again you're making very good money you have a whole bunch of NDAs that you've signed but again you are working on a certain I guess you could say piece of equipment that turns out to be that of a camera but because the operation you're working on is so compartmentalized you're not told what you're working on right and so you're asked to make three copies of this what seems to be like you know object shaped camera or camera shaped object excuse me and the next thing you know all of a sudden, a fourth camera suddenly appears out of nowhere on your laboratory table. We'll call it a camera for the sake of just visualizing for this example. You then decide to take this camera, put it in your bag, and bring it home with you. I know it's, it sounds very unrealistic, but just bear with me because you end up getting it past security. You're then at home in your kitchen, and you're eating dinner, and this is after work, and you've left some of the deep underground military bases. You're playing with this camera. You decide to take some pictures around your house. You take pictures with that camera, and then you decide to take a look at some of the photos you, you just took. All a sudden you see what seems to be like machine elves in this camera some of them look very positively oriented based on your perception of what they're wearing because again some of the things that we perceive to be within western society that of a positive eminence if you will is sometimes known to be emitted or inhabited by these spiritual beings if you will or esoteric etheric energetic or vril beings whatever you want to call it depending on your particular respective perception to what you're viewing and you go oh my god some of them look creepy, some of them look like they just want to have fun and they're noticing me, but I'm not noticing them. So what you do is off the record, very, very secretly, very quietly, you take this camera to show some of your colleagues these photographs. You told them the truth, very similar to what Edward Snowden did in real life. He told some of his colleagues, listen, I snuck this stuff out of here, what do you think? And your colleagues say to you, Listen, I shouldn't be looking at this, but you say, no, 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 listen, just, just, I need you to look at these pictures, please, I promise I will not get you in trouble, we never had this conversation. Your colleagues go, okay, fine, because they respect you, they've known you to be such an upstanding worker for so long within DARPA, and you, you know, you mind your own business, you're not a nosy person, hence why also DARPA likes you a lot too. You show your friends and your colleagues some of these pictures, they see machine elves but something completely different than what you see what, relative to what their faces look like, what they're wearing, you name it. Now, before I get into this episode, I do want to say that we will be getting back to the shoutouts very, very soon. We do have a Patreon. It does help support the show. We just recently unleashed, or I guess you could say... Um, posted, if you will, uh, two very, very strong uh, members episodes that I encourage a lot of people to look into. Uh, even if you're not a member, I highly suggest you check it out just for the sake of trying to g gain a better understanding relative to what we do here on the channel publicly. Because again, what we do here publicly, folks, is only maybe I'd say 40% of the show. There's so much behind the scenes on Patreon we do. Just wanted to bring that up. Now, let's jump right into it. Project Crystal Knight, advancing Project Serpo to infuse CERN phonetics via machine elf seances. Now, let's first understand what phonetics are. Now, according to Wikipedia, phonetics is a branch of linguistics that studies how humans produce and perceive sounds, or in the case of sign languages, the equivalent aspects of sign. Phoneticians, or linguistics who specialize in phonetics, study the physical properties of speech. The field of phonetics is traditionally divided into three sub-disciplines based on the research questions involved, such as how humans plan and execute movements to produce speech. Articula uh, articulatory phonetics 
how different movements affect the properties of the resulting sound acoustic phonetics. This is a key one. Please keep that in mind, folks. Or how humans convert sound waves to linguistic information, auditory phonetics. Interesting, right? Okay, now, end quote. Interestingly enough, here's what we're going to find to be allegedly some of the or one of the top leaders, not just in America, but around the world with respects to phonetics. And that is Noam Chomsky. He's an American linguist, philosopher, cognitive scientist, historian, social critic, and political activist, sometimes called the father of uh, modern linguistics. End quote. Now, the reason why I bring up Noam Chomsky, a lot of you might be saying, Dave, what the hell are you bringing this guy up for right now? Again, r regardless of what you think of him, the reason I bring up Mr. Chomsky is because he had very revolutionary ideologies relative to what he was called in for by MIT and a handful of other, I guess you could say, standardized academic uh, public, I guess you could say, STEM apparatuses, if you want to call it, relative to how things were being hidden back in the day. The reason I bring him up, folks, is because he has had a very, very shifting political view, and there's nothing wrong with people's political views shifting, but he seems to be orienting him, himself towards that of a more, I guess you could say, New World Order, Klaus Schwab type agenda. We're going to be jumping into that into the members-only episodes very shortly. With that being said, let's take a look at this right over here, bibliotechaplates.net. What we're going to see here, this is titled Meet Our Covert Controllers, the Archons. Now, I want to bring this up because this ties directly into phonetics, the pronunciation of different types of words relative to the Latin language, as well as other things like Naga, CERN, and Machine Elves, of course. So let's take a look. And I quote, Don Juan, this is the codename of the individual, doubled up with laughter as he turned on the lights. What a temperamental fellow, he said. A total disbeliever. On the other hand, a total pragmatist on the other. You must arrange this internal fight, otherwise you're going to swell up like a big toad and burst. The sorcerers of ancient Mexico, he said, saw the predator. They called it the flyer because it leaps through the air. It's not a pretty sight. It's a big shadow, impenetrably dark, a black shadow that jumps through the air. Then it lands flat on the ground. The sorcerers of ancient Mexico were quite at ill ease with the idea of when it made its appearance on Earth. They reasoned that man must have been a complete being at one point, with stupendous insights and feats of awareness that are uh, mythological legends nowadays. All right, and then everything seemed to disappear, and we now have a sated, uh, sedated man. Okay, now, if we take a look at this right here, and I quote, what I'm saying is that we have against us, it, that what we have against us is not a simple predator. It is very smart and organized. It follows a methodical system to render us useless. Man, the magical being that he is destined to be is no longer magical. He's an average piece of meat, end quote. Now, the reason I bring this up is because it could be argued very, very strongly that the Archons are in fact the species in which are trying to bring us down from an etheric or esoteric aspect and bring us more towards a sort of louche-oriented, food-oriented uh, type of, I guess you could say, product, if you will, if, if I could think of a, a word that would suit that. Now, let's take a look at BigThink.com. Let's just understand machine elves for those that want to get a better understanding. When people consume enough DMT to have a breakthrough experience, and I quote, they often encounter beings commonly known as elves that seem autonomous, existing in a reality separate from our own. The form and nature of DMT elves vary in reports, but one thing remains curiously constant. People tend to thank these encounters among, or tend to rank these encounters among the most meaningful experiences of their lives. For some people, these encounters change their beliefs about reality, the existence of an afterlife, and even God. Now, if we jump on over, end quote, to non-aliencreatures.fandom.com, and I quote, at about one minute or two of a DMT trip, according to McKenna, one may burst through a chrysanthemum-like Mandela effect and find there's a whole bunch of entities waiting on the, on the other side saying, how wonderful that you're here. 
You come so rarely. We're so delighted to see you. They're like jeweled self-dribbling basketballs, and there are many of them, and they come pounding toward you, and they will not stop in front of you and vibrate. And they, sorry, they will stop in front of you and vibrate. But then they do a very disconcerting thing, which is they jump into your body, and then they jump back out again, and the whole thing is going on in a high-speed mode where you're being presented with thousands of details per second, and you can't get a hold of them. And these things are saying, don't give in to astonishment, which is exactly what you want to do. You want to go nuts with how crazy this is, and they say, don't do that. Pay attention to what we're doing, end quote. Now, before I go on, this is extremely significant relative to understanding the mergence between the 2000 alleged 2012 CERN uh, reality mergences, in which has been seemingly described or Im implicated, uh, implied, if you want to say, by Mr. Jacques Vallée on Joe Rogan discussing the different realities, not so much the 2012 aspect, but more so that of the different realities being right in front of us and we would never even know. Now, with that being said as well, we also have to understand what Project Serpo is, okay? Because a lot of people might say, you know, Dave, Project Crystal Knight, never heard of it. Crystal Knight is a sub-operation that seems to still be occurring today based on my research that was initially a pro uh, initially the name of Project Serpo before it was named to Project Serpo. And for those who don't know, Project Serpo was allegedly the project in which there were a handful of of humans that went to the Zeta Reticuli star system to live with a certain group of gray aliens, allegedly. And in addition to that, too, some aliens came and stayed on Earth as sort of an ET human exchange program that lasted for, give or take, t uh, anywhere from 9 to 12 years. Some humans decided to stay back on that planet. Some of them came back and some of them died due to the radiation, but that's not the point. Let's take a look here at universetoday.com. Something really wants our attention. One object released 1,652 fast radio bursts in 47 days days. Take a look at this. The energetic phenomenon known as fast radio bursts or FBR, FRBs, excuse me, are one of the greatest cosmic mysteries today. These mysteries flash, uh, this, these mysterious flashes of light, excuse me folks, I can't read today, my gosh, are visible in the radio wave part of the spectrum and usually last only a few milliseconds before fading away forever. Since the first FRB was observed in 2007, astronomers have looked forward to the day when instruments of sufficient sensitivity would be able to detect them regularly. That day has arrived with the completion of the 500-meter fast radio telescope, a.k.a. Tianyin or Eye of Heaven. Now, interestingly enough, the observatory detected a total of 1,652 independent bursts from a single source in 47 days, end quote. Now, we can also understand here, too, that if we take a look at some of what the project crafts include researchers from, we see here that some of the countries are U.S., Australia, China, again, I... These are astrophysicists, researchers, scientific, you know, individuals, very highly respected within their field relative to the countries they live in. This is part of a curated form of drop feeding. With that being said, I would dare to propose what we're seeing here uh, relative to the different signals that are coming in from these radio bursts are in fact human and ET oriented in addition to Archon oriented, which are harnessing the emergence of realities via CERN, which is bringing the esoteric uh, energetic apparatus of our bodies that are emitting certain frequential energies, whether it's our organs, whether it's our brain, different parts of our bodies are slowly but surely decreasing to that of a lower wave frequency which is not necessarily a bad thing, but the question or the issue rather becomes when the intention of that above us relative to the interdimensional or intradimensional beings 
is a negative, I guess you could say, operation or intention, if you will. And that is where phonetics comes in, having to do with understanding the pronunciation of things, like, for example, saying good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Now, some of you may think, Dave, you're crazy. I don't understand what you mean. Are you saying that saying those words are not good? Well, folks, for those that are on the Patreon, you'll know that we've made some progress as a group collectively in the group Zoom calls relative to understanding all this. But it seems as though there are certain English languages that are meant to suppress us esoterically, which then translates relative to how we perceive time in a linear sense over a prolonged period to suppress us in addition to the different forms of mind control, I guess you could say the Mandela effect being one of them, the different ley line grids that are being demagnetized as we've discussed in the last handful of weeks, in addition to a handful of other apparatuses that are being used, again, relative to the archons and many other instances. And we know this because take a look at this right here. ISGP-studies.com, a secret society of advanced circle makers. And this is interesting. This is pertaining to the different crop circles and all that. So let's scroll through here. We'll see some very interesting pictures. But interestingly enough, we'll find that the crop circles seem to be dictating that of a message oriented to a certain faction of human beings that is trying to, I guess you could say, resuscitate and bring forward the disclosure um, apparatus or aspect of, of their not attempting to be some form of suppression. How do we know this? Jacques Vallée said to James Fox on the Joe Rogan episode, I know I've been bringing this up a lot lately, but he said, because I find this to be a very key connection here, that in 1952, the most amount of UFO reported sightings were, or the most aggressive ones, just going, uh, you know, facing towards regular people or being enacted upon that of, you know, the UFOs that flew over Washington, D.C., that was because these gray aliens from Zeta Reticuli were pushing President Eisenhower and his administration to sign the deal with the grays, in which ended up happening in 1954, because according to Colonel Philip Corso, who even said it in his book, the leverage those that particular faction of grays had over Eisenhower and his administration was that they did not want disclosure to come to the masses. So what did they do? 1952, they went nuts. They started flying over Washington, as we now know. They started flying all over different forests. The amount of, I guess you could say, radar sightings and different teletypes that the army was using relative to try to look for detections from the Soviet Union was being clogged up by basic reports of UFOs being seen everywhere. Which then goes to, you know, which only begs to differ how the hell they put Project Blue Book to bed so easily. But anyways, let's carry on. Take a look at this, and I quote, Three crop circle designs of Delphagao in particular have drawn a considerable degree of media attention. The first of these formations was the July 1977, the Golden Tunnel. Its purpose, as explained on the website of XLD Design, uh, XLD Sign. The primary reason to begin this project was to see what would be the effect on the press, the public, and scientists if somewhere in the Netherlands, out of the blue, a complex crop circle would appear, which could measure itself with a complex structure as those found in southern England at the time. In addition, the makers were curious about the reactions if, several weeks after discovery, it was demonstrated without a doubt by the makers that human hands play a role here and there, end quote. The reason for this being brought up is actually having to do with something called Project Female because it, within Project Female, we'll find that based on certain human beings' phonetics, essentially their own individualistic and, uh, I guess you could say, opportunistic ability to pronounce certain words and verbs, they were chosen based on a certain an apparatus of mind control to help some of these ETs create these crop circles. Now, how do we know this? Well, if we jump on over to alien-ufo-research.com, let's take a look at the headline over here. 
we're going to see here having to do with alien implants, all right? Now, and I quote, most people that have implants don't know that they have them and most don't even remember coming in contact with a UFO or aliens. Again, before I go on, that live stream project beta, perfect consistent example of what I mean by data points looking for that type of consistency. Some common symptoms of being abducted and having an implant surgically placed inside you can include an abnormal scar or mark on the body that simply that cannot be explained, long periods of lost time, flashbacks and or dreams of being on a surgical table surrounded by lights and beings, hard pieces of uh, metallic or plastic-like substances under the skin that shouldn't be there, feedback or buzzing from speakers when you are nearby, uncontrollable actions, painful nasal cavities as if something hard is up there, headaches due to a brain implant or nosebleeds, end quote. I'm bringing all this up because I think a lot of us have experienced this more than we would like to even admit. I'm not saying we're all abductees, but take a look at some of these images as Camden will scroll through here of some of these implants. I mean, just take a look. You find some of these to be both biological in addition to nuts and bolts, if you want to call it. Okay, now take a look. And I quote, Dr. Lear is one of the leading researchers when it comes to alien implants. He's performed at least 15 surgeries and removed, and removed at least 13 real alien implants through his California nonprofit agency. End quote. Now, interestingly enough, it's been alleged that a lot of these metals have gone missing, but interesting that it occurs in California relative to Stanford University, where a lot of these compartmentalized projects uh, in direct parallel or perpendicular correspondence to the Crystal Knight project in DARPA has been occurring. Now, let's take a look at this right over here, according to bibliotechaplates.net. Uh, according to the Project Serpo reports, it all started with uh, the 1947 crash of a UFO in Roswell, allegedly having to do with, again, it could have been a Russian uh, disinformation psyop, Roswell could have been real, but there were allegedly crashed craft even before Roswell. But let's take a look right over here. Project Crystal Knight was renamed Project Serpo. It is claimed that the information on the program is contained in the Red Book, a highly classified collection of these kinds of records kept in a secure U.S. facility, end quote. You think it's interesting or you think it's a coincidence that this red book is geographically and geomagnetically allegedly lined up perpendicular with that of some of the different grand grimoire pages that the Vatican is selling for $100,000 per page? I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, this website right here, serpo.org, I cannot begin to explain how valuable this is, folks. I have to say, as it pertains to, again, Mr. Hero, again, sort of like that Don Juan figure on that we just looked at a few minutes ago, sort of just being covered up because of their anonymity, still alive to this day that returned from the Zeta Reticuli star system, from the Eben star system. And again, we see here, met with the Pope. The Pope had a, a quick uh, briefing with Mr. Hero. They discussed his trip to Serpo, and I quote, the 13-year stay of our 11 team members their interaction with the Ebens, the past visitation of the Ebens to planet Earth, and the future. The Pope knew about the trip and knew about the six most recent past visitations of Ebens to our Earth, end quote. Interestingly enough, these Ebens also had a particular statue, according to this individual, in which they worshipped and praised relative to the same amount of time going back to when we saw Jesus, or at least, you know, humans claim to have seen Jesus die on the cross and all these different things. I simply cannot help think, folks, that at the same time, what we're seeing here is some form of energetic apparatus that is ultimately attempting to, to control multiple species. That is not to say we should be friendly with this particular set of greys, especially with how hostile they've been to us, the human race in general, in the past. However... When we take a look, for example, over here at some of the descriptions of this alleged statue, which is why I encourage you folks to check this out. Uh, the link is in the, in the description for those that are on YouTube. You'll see that this statue, this sort of morphing statue, the highly advanced, you know, uh, not necessarily conscious, but sort of an artificial uh, intelligent-like statue, but not, not again, doesn't have a soul matrix. This statue that they that these Ebens praise on their planet seems to be extremely similar to that of what the machine elf looks like at the very beginning of uh, example that I gave at this 
episode, at the beginning of this episode, which is why I bring it up. Now, let's take a look at this right over here. Angelfire.com, okay? And this is an excerpt from a, a scrubbed news report. We're going to see here. Six feet below the surface, all right? A solid rock was struck, but Mr. Mallory persisted and blasted his way down 40 feet when a few days ago a blast blew the bottom out of the well and he found that he had opened the way into an immense cave. Three or four bold spirits ventured down into the cavern. Wandering down, uh, wandering about the explorers came upon a small river of crystal clearness in whose waters strange-looking fish disported themselves and whose mexi ripples had furnished music for centuries with no other audience than the eternal rocks. A pool of water was also found, which so far as they could sound, was bottomless. All right? End quote. This is interesting because we're going to be covering this more so into that of the members only episode. And the reason for that is because, unfortunately, I simply cannot get uh, get into the, the more, I guess you could say, deliberate details of this. But it basically starts with an A and it has to do a lot with that white rabbit tight fall episode that many of you noticed. Now, let's take a look at this right here. BBC.com. U.S. surgeons test pig kidney transplant in a human. Now, take a look at the details of this article. Notice some of the liquids they're refusing to reference in this particular article. Very similar to that that of the description of the scrub newspaper report, isn't it? Again, I don't want to say the word, but you know, we'll, 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 I'll try and push it as much as I can. It starts with an A, has to do with a lot of those documents allegedly coming out of New York City and things like this. Let's take a look at this. Down the chupracabrahole.com, not exactly a mainstream media website. Space-time portals manufactured by physicists opened a doorway for interdimensional entities. Interestingly enough, in 1994, a small group of carefully selected individuals gained access to an elusive underground base in Africa. Their organization, Rand and Associates, again, you know, the Rand Corporation, as we know, as many of you who followed the show for a while now know, worked with the CERN Light Collider f facility. Each team member was monitored by military personnel constantly. Everything from travel arrangements to living accommodations were overseen by appointed United States Command soldiers. Various highly classified missions took place miles beneath the surface wood. Experiments included space time fabrication, programming of dark matter and quantum energy formation. However, one particular assignment would permanently alter the lives of every researcher involved, end quote, before I go on. Interesting that this occurred in Africa relative to, again, the Mandela effect named after Nelson Mandela, right? Now, and I quote, the Channeled Holographic Access Network Interface, also known as CHANI, refers to a project in which scientists made continuous contact with an interdimensional entity machine elves how do we know this despite details remaining classified it is understood the connection did not, not did not involve a physical channeler neutrality was vital and achieved by removing biased human observation through computer interfacing technology wrongly interpreted or misconstrued messages messages could be avoided during this period period analyzers asked the being more than 20,000 questions 95 percent received answers over five years of communications ensued end quote now interestingly enough scientists dubbed this final universal assimilation period as the fuse year again 2012 is this possible the fuse year asking machine elves questions that have pertaining to what we see here and i quote spiritual awakening combined with a sensation of collective oneness consciousness of the duality of time and space acquisition of extrasensory abilities such as telepathy a waking dream or si a twilight zone type feeling subtle changes in time perception mandela effect again an enhanced visual spectrum awareness in which experiencers see beyond physical sight and into other planes of existence, end quote. Interesting that now if we take that and we go over here to an article from April, April 8th, 2016, we'll find newspunch.com. CERN physicist, we have done something evil and it is being hidden. The, the description and the description of the event in which occurred here, okay, pertaining to this particular physicist is parallel to the description which some of the questions being asked in the previous article we just looked at were in fact delivered to and from 
come by, these in, uh, interdimensional beings, if you will, these machine elves. Now, the question then becomes, what is the purpose of this? What is the point? The point is that some of these machine elves, ultimately, folks, are being used by interdimensional beings to harvest the louche of some of the depraved phonetic structure that is given to the way in which we as humans pronounce words on the surface of this planet, respective to this particular dimension, every single day, every second, every hour, just because there are so many of us, which is why when we see some cases of certain reptilian species reaching out to certain humans saying, listen, we're, we're, we're not with the other reptilians, we're not with the archons, we're, we're the good ones that have made deals with your leaders. If Assuming they're not lying, the reason they always bring up, oh, you got to decrease the population, you got to decrease the population, in my humble opinion, is because they believe that they can help these archons stop feeding and be removed from the human vicinity of the planet if human population were to decrease because you would have less people literally speaking linguistically and verbally, therefore phonetically, which would therefore infuse, uh, defuse, excuse me, the energy that could be given from these interdimensional beings that are harnessing some, not all, but some of the, these machine elves, which we then see on DMT because, again, psychedelics could in fact be a sort of loophole through that mind control ley line grid. And how do we know that? Well, if we take a look over here, amp.dw.com, Beethoven's last symphony finished by AI. Researchers used algorithms to finish composing Beethoven's 10th symphony, but can computer programs be as creative as human musicians? All right, end quote. The reason this is brought up is because it has to do with this right over here. And I quote, TechExplore.com, teaching robots to think like us. Brain cells, electrical impulses steer robot through maze. End quote. Electrical impulses. Does that not sound like exactly how our minds work? So what we're seeing here, folks, is an, a synergetic, I guess you could say, transcendence, if you will, of a transhumanistic apparatus and opportunity that could be allowed to merge between that of the esoteric, biological, and artificial realm that is not per se a sort of negative path in which we are heading towards, but more so that in which one in which we must sit back and say, listen, are the ones taking us down this path, again, the elites of the world, do they have the, the, our best intentions in mind? Obviously not. So, what do we see from here? The Archons are harnessing the vast amounts of different, I guess you could say, Naga-type energies that are that have been described by the Egyptians as well, that have been infused into that of the, the verbal linguistic communication. And of course, it's no coincidence that, again, interestingly enough, we will find that English is the most, again, the most, I guess you could say, standardized language, language in the world, generally speaking, relative to modern times today. And finally, globaltimes.cn, we'll see right here. Chinese researchers advance achieve quantum advantage in two mainstream routes. Chinese research teams have made marked progress in superconducting quantum computing and photonics quantum computing technology, making China the only country to achieve quantum computational advantage in two mainstream technical routes, while the U.S. has only achieved a quantum advantage in superconducting quantum computing, analysts say, end quote. The reason for this is because when you have a multi-varied, multi-pronged approach relative to quantum computing, you now then have access into these different machine alpha realms relative to the different equipment that could be used within Project Lace, low level, low level, excuse me, augmentative cross-breeding experimentation that occurs on out in China. With that being said, let me know what you think, folks. I know this was a little bit of a lengthy episode. We're going to be delving into a lot more of this later on in the members-only episode simply because there's only so much I could discuss here publicly, and we'll catch all of you very, very soon. Cheers.